0: Welcome to the Slow the Fuck Down Show. I'm sensuality coach Casey Hall.
1: And I'm trauma healer Elizabeth Menzel. Each episode, we choose a theme and explore different stories, skills, and songs on that theme to help slow you down and lift you up throughout the pandemic and beyond.
0: Welcome to season two, Slow Down Fans. Woohoo! Woo! On today's episode, Slow the Fuck Down with Abandoning Your Power.
1: Get cozy, grab your favorite beverage, and soak in our soothing support.
0: By the end of the show, you'll walk away with practical skills that actually work.
1: So today, we're going to explore your relationship with power and how you can reconnect with a sense of personal
0: power, even while the world crumbles around you. Due to the pandemic, so many new stressors are outside of your control. You might feel really frustrated, angry, or even powerless.
1: That sense of powerlessness can erode your confidence, kill your motivation, and send you into a negative spiral. Maybe you've noticed, especially now, it's so easy to get trapped in a cycle of giving your power away to other people, other circumstances, and
0: thoughts that
1: bring you down instead of build you up. Yeah, this
0: pandemic has been extra rough for a lot of people, and it's exposed the deep injustices in our societal structures. But since you can't control everything that goes on outside of you, you can start to gain a bit of control over how you feel on the inside.
1: Yeah, and when you're strongly connected to your own sense of power, you will be better equipped to build a whole new fair and just society. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we're working on doing. That's the goal goal (laughs) so you know I this topic abandoning your power is really dear to my heart because I used to have a really effed up relationship to power I had a very negative (laughs) definition of power um, and I think that it stems from my relationship with my father because when I was a little girl like He was the one in control. He was in charge of the family and he was definitely in charge of what we did and how we felt. And he was a tyrant. He was an ogre. He had all of the traits of narcissistic personality disorder. He gaslit my mother. He gaslit his own children, right, trying to make us think that we were always wrong and crazy. And he played mind games with us. He would often uh, set us up to do, like, impossible tasks that kids couldn't possibly do. And then he would shame us for not doing things perfectly. Or, like, one time he told us he was uh, taking my brother and I on a, a weekend vacation to celebrate our birthdays. And uh, we went to Hilton Head Island and he made us clean uh, like this area, this three foot area between the drop off of the deck of the house and the swamp where these 15 foot alligators lived. (laughs) It was was really terrifying. And we spent um, all day cleaning. I don't know what we were supposed to be cleaning because it wasn't dirty. So there wasn't trash there or anything, but we were supposed to be cleaning the bank. And I was just, I was terrified. We were both terrified because of this alligator, right? So um, he just used to do these really screwed up things to us. So in my mind, I came to the conclusion that power was bad and wrong. And he was the one with money. So having money was bad and wrong, which (laughs) those beliefs sent me up to have a lifetime of poverty and powerlessness, right? I mean, if you think of power and money as bad and that powerless and poor is good and you want to be a good person, then you're going to be poor and powerless. So that's how my relationship with power started in my
0: lifetime. Yeah, that makes sense why you would have an effed up relationship to power.
1: (laughs) Right? Like, why would I want to be powerful if powerful is a bad thing? And I bet our slowdown fans have their own stories about their relationships to power, too. What's the story you've got, Casey?
0: When you talk about power, I'm reminded of this story. Um, little 12 year old me, uh, I remember being at a pool party and I was going to hang out with some of the older boys. So I have an older brother who's four years older than me, and his friends were over and they were having a pool party. So I remember I had this Target. Orange bikini, and it was like my first big girl outfit. <laughs> <laughs> your first two piece? <laughs> my first two piece. <laughs> and so I remember walking up to the pool, and I had my towel over my little two piece. And I remember I took off my towel and hung it up, and I heard a boy go, Ew, look at your belly button. It's all weird. And then everyone started laughing. Mm. and I was humiliated. Um, I had never thought there was anything wrong with my stomach until that moment. Mm. And the craziest part about that was I was training to be an Olympic gymnast. So I had like an eight pack. (laughs) That's like, you know, I maintained a in shape body well into my 20s, But I was still wearing baggy pants and baggy clothes to hide myself. Right. right. And I didn't even realize that I was doing it because I was an athlete. So it was easy to get away with just wearing loose and baggy clothes. So I remember one night in college, I let my friends who have this amazing body confidence Dress me. So, of course, they're like, We're putting you in booty shorts and a tube top. <laughs> I looked hot. I remember looking really hot. I bet you did. I did. I was like, Oh, I look good. And um, one of my friends who I had gone to college with for four years walked up to me and he's like, Case, I, I, I mean this in the best way, but like, I didn't know that you've been working out. I mean, how much weight have you lost? And I just looked at him like, I was kind of like, dumbfounded. <laughs> and I was like, um, what? Cause I'd weighed the same since high school. I actually think I gained 10 pounds in college, but he, I had worn such loose fitting clothes that this guy who spent almost every day with me for four years had never actually seen my body. Well, well, how did you feel when he said that? I remember just staring at him. It wasn't even until later when I had time to sit back and think about it. And I was like, wow, like this is the first time that someone's actually seeing my body <laughs> mm. so I actually started to develop uh, IBS and stomach issues uh, and I remember going to the doctor and they were like well we can't really find anything but you might be lactose intolerant um, you might have IBS but you know you're pretty healthy and that was that was from middle school all the way into college it wasn't until I, finished my love, sex and relationship course, that I finally learned how to slow down and work with some of these stories and beliefs that I had around my stomach. And it was through doing that work that I realized that this incident at the pool party was the root and the origin of my stomach insecurities in that I had completely given my power away to that.
1: Yeah, I get it. It's amazing how just one incident like that can spark years of pain, discomfort, dis ease, shame. So Casey,
0: you went through this huge thing. I mean, what did you do? Well, after I kind of rewrote and rewired these uh, stories and beliefs that I had around my stomach, I started to rebuild a healthy relationship with it. And little by little, I became more and more comfortable with, with my stomach and um you know, fast forward to today, I love my body. (laughs) I I don't have an eight pack anymore. I have a six pack, but I, I love my stomach. I love my body. I love how it looks in all of her forms. When I feel like I'm in great shape, when I'm bloated, you know, it's just, I show up for it in such a, such a better way that, you know, it really does feel like I took my power back.
1: Yeah, you really did. You've reconnected with your power and,
0: do you still have all those gut issues? No. And that's the, that's the crazy thing too. Everything is gone. So I drink a gallon of whole milk by myself per week with no problem now. Wow. That's amazing. You know, I have no irritable bowel. It's, it's, when I healed that, all of it went away.
1: So, yeah, I think women especially really abandon their power with their body. You know, I've been on such a a long journey of healing myself. I'm, I'm in another physical journey of healing right now. I'm going through these IV treatments every week, and it's pretty intensive. And the difference now is I feel like I'm staying connected to my power. In my past, I've given all of my power to my doctors. I've done whatever they've said and haven't gotten better. And this time I feel like I'm in better communication with my body, I'm in better communication with my doctor, and I'm staying really connected to myself um, and my sense of power throughout these treatments. Even though I'm in discomfort, even though um, it's not feeling great to get these treatments, I'm I'm staying capable of taking care of myself and receiving care from others and staying really connected to my own sense of self, my own agency over my own body. It's it's a balancing act, but I'm not doing it in ways I've done it before where I'm just abdicating and doing whatever the doctor said and not getting better. Like when I dislocated my knee, here I am, a very skilled neuromuscular therapist, had a knee dislocation. And afterwards, the doctor said that I had to stay in this brace. I couldn't move my leg and my leg completely atrophied. It was like uh, several inches smaller than my other leg after being in this uh, cast for so long. And of course, I knew that what my leg really needed to get better was physical therapy and, and exercise. But I completely abandoned all of my own knowledge around what it would take to rehab my knee. And then it completely atrophied. It took me two years of doing rehab every day to get my leg legs back to the same size. But I really did take my power back with that because... Um, I was traveling a lot back then, back and forth to Europe. And I, you know, there's a strict rate weight restriction when you're going overseas on your luggage. And I had my 10 pound weights in there. And I did my rehab exercises every single day. So I did manage to reconnect with my power, do my rehab and fully recover from that.
0: Well, and I, and I know when, you know, you and I were texting back and forth last week during your treatment. You know, you shared with me that every nurse, you told them, hey, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm needing.
1: Yeah, I I told them I have PTSD and that I primarily have it under control, but they need to know um, because I don't know how trauma informed these (laughs) nurses are or not. So I informed them of like exactly what I needed, and it felt good. And I didn't have a PTSD episode because of doing my five steps, because of nonlinear movement. I actually stayed super present and really kept in touch with my own sense of power. It was, uh, it was very different <laughs> than, uh, than it could have been. You know, I could have definitely been severely triggered and gone into, uh, into claustrophobia because I was hooked up to machines. And, but I didn't. I stayed chill. Yeah,
0: I'm proud of you. Thanks, honey. Another place that's common to abandon your power is in relationships. Oh, hell yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can relate. (laughs) I used to be a real doormat, mostly. I mean, you know, it's flight, fight, freeze, faint. Um, I used to either just like walk away, I'd ghost, (laughs) or I'd be a total doormat in relationships. So I would not stay connected to my power at all. I'd totally abandon it. The guy would make all the decisions. I'd do whatever he said. I'd like what he likes, even though I didn't really like it. Yeah, I didn't stay connected to my sense of self. And now it's so great. You know, I'm in this relationship with Dale. We're 12 years in. And there's no power struggle between us. And I had this realization that like, wow, you could build a romantic relationship on power and who has the power in the relationship. But if that's a dynamic that sets you up to always have fights because you're in a power struggle all the time. Mm. And I realized that Dale and I don't have that. We don't have power struggles and our relationship is built on love. We each stay connected to our own power within us and when you're connected to your own power within you, then you don't even try or want to have power over the other person. So neither one of us are in control. We're just connected to our own power. Mm. And I think that that's a huge shift in looking at power, the difference between power and control. And it's the same thing with you and I, Casey. You and I have been making this podcast together for months now, And there's never been a power struggle, right? It's easy for each of us to just stand in our power. I want you to shine. Your brilliance is amazing. What you have to share is important. Like I want all of you, right? I want you to share just everything you have. And you've got to be connected to your power to do that. And I want you connected to your power, right? So, you know, it's very different. This power from within or power over another, because then you tip into control and it's never okay to try to control another, except obviously life and death situations where you take control of the situation. I think that's healthy control, but you're healthily connected to your power then too.
0: You're really making me reflect too on the relationships that I've had that were rooted in power struggles versus being rooted in love. Yeah. You know, not saying that it has to be hundred percent one or the other. I can even tell in my own relationships when I'm starting to shift more into that power dynamic, how icky it feels. And then it, you know, points you back to love.
1: Yeah. Well, cause you're really aware and you have a practice of centering yourself and coming back home and connecting with your own power and, you know, relinquishing any sense of control. And just coming back to power. Like you're practiced at that. And hey, neither one of us are perfect. I'm sure either one of our men (laughs) would be happy to come on here and say how not perfect we are. But I think both Dale and I do a really good job of it.
0: Well, as a sensuality coach, you know, I help people reconnect to their body so they can feel joy and pleasure in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. You can reconnect to your sensual power by making peace with accepting or learning to love parts of your body that you typically judge or feel unfamiliar with or numb.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's part of your personal journey. So I imagine you can really relate to your clients because you've been on this journey. Well,
0: and I did this with my stomach, as I mentioned, and it sparked this curiosity of, hmm, how do I view other parts of my body? And Like every time I do this exploration, this process to a new body part, I'm amazed at how much pain or stuckness it's been holding on to.
1: You just actually reminded me when we're doing the nonlinear movement method class, we go through that dropping into your body, feeling your physical sensations, letting them move through you, feeling where you're stuck and achy, letting that body part move how it needs to move feeling into pleasure, moving pleasure through you. So your body records every single thing you went through. So you might not know it in your mind because your unconscious hid it from you, but your body knows. (laughs) Your your body remembers the trauma and the pain and shoves it way down deep inside and gives you those tight and achy spots that need to move and let go and express yourself.
0: And the more you build healthier relationships to your sensuality, the more connected you are to your body. And the more connected you are to your body, the more connected you are to your power. I love that.
1: The more you're connected to your body, the more you're connected to your power. You heard it here <laughs> on the, <laughs> the f <F-down> Show. <laughs> <Casey> Wisdom. <laughs>
0: I was going to say make a t-shirt, but that'd be a really long t-shirt. They <laughs> have to like <laughs> wrap around the back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pe- people would like, give up halfway through.
1: It's so interesting as we drop into this exploration of power because now I'm reminded of um, – a client of mine, she was a super badass boss babe. Um, she married really young, she fell into a business with her husband, and by her mid-20s, they had totally built an empire. It was nuts, right? They were so successful. And then she started working with me, and she started to, to slow down, drop in to her body and her wisdom. And she realized that she had been on autopilot for years, and she was kind of just thoughtlessly plowing ahead with her career. And the more she practiced staying centered, the more she realized that she hated her business. Mm. She was so successful, but there was this total disconnect for her because this empire that they had built was not in alignment with her highest good. She did not feel happy in her work. And she did not feel fulfilled. And she realized it was because she really just wanted to be doing something that helped people. And she ended up letting go of her business, letting go of her husband. She went back to school in her 30s. And she just started over. Wow. Yeah, really, really powerful. Like, this was a process that that took a few years, you know, but Now she works in this totally different field and she finally feels that sense of personal power that she had always longed for, but she didn't know what she was, like she wasn't clear on what she was missing because she should have felt happy because she was so successful. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's how power can get really tricky. Yeah. Where we think, oh, but. We should be happy. What's wrong with me that I don't feel happy? I'm in this position of power. I have all this money. And she, she wasn't at all. And that's that difference between um, what I would call like real power and a false ideal of power. And I think a lot of people can get lost between the two because they're doing things that they think should make them happy and those aren't working.
0: As I was listening to you talk about how this woman let go of her business, went back to school in her 30s and started over, and now she's in this totally different field and has this sense of personal power that she's always longed for, I felt the difference in my body. like. I imagine what that would feel like. And I felt in my heart space, it was just this like solid foundation that felt like it like plugged down into my core. Mm. And, and I feel like if you're wondering what the difference is between this, this you know, true sense of empowerment and this false sense of empowerment, it's like the, the sensation, the feeling piece of it is a really good indicator. Yes. I love that you brought it to this, like the sensation
1: of what does it feel like when you're connected to your power so you don't get lost in that thoughts of what power should be. So let's slow this down. What happens when you experience being connected to your power? So for one thing, There is a chemical reaction in the brain, and you stop producing stress hormones and start producing feel-good or happy hormones, and your brain actually starts functioning better, and this gives you that sensation of empowerment, that sensation of being plugged into your core, as Casey just said. I know with me, what I also get a sense of is this sense of agency. I know that I can't control the ocean, but I can guide my own ship. And that brings me back to this sense of letting go of control and being in my power. And it feels so good, right? (laughs) It feels great to have that connected feeling to your own sense of power. But then if it feels so good, why do we abandon our power so often? Like, why is this such a habit for so many of us? Well, it's automatic. It only takes a quarter of a second for your stress hormones to flood your nervous system and then fear takes over. So don't feel bad if you abandon your power too. It, it's a stress response. It's a fear response. The threat around you has gone up and boom, automatically you can react from this sense of flight, fight, freeze, or faint. or You can take that moment, use the five steps. If you haven't watched the grand finale of season one of the Slow the F Down show, you can learn the five steps that help you center back into your power and calm your nervous system. So you do those five steps and then you can respond instead of react. So like for me, being around my father, it, it wasn't safe to be in my power. So I became invisible, right? I didn't actually run away. I didn't flight, but I disappeared. I made myself as small as possible so that he couldn't hurt me anymore. And I tried to become perfect too. Right. So then that, of course, played out in my future love relationships where I was always trying to please the guy, go with what he said, do what he wanted to do, like what he liked. I was trying to stay safe. So it got hardwired into me that being connected to my power wasn't safe. Power was bad. Invisibility was safe.
0: I love how you normalize the act of abandoning your power as um, part of the stress response.
1: Yep. I, I I don't want people to feel bad about doing that at all. It is like this life-saving thing that happens and that quarter of a second. People think, well, you can choose how you respond. And it's like, well, no, you have a quarter of your second before your stress response. Exactly. So, right. You try to make a, a conscious choice in a quarter of a second. Uh-uh. <laughs> this is freaking neuroscience, people. <laughs> So that's why I I train and I have people train in non-life-threatening situations how to take back a little bit of control over your nervous system and calm and center yourself. That's why it's so important to know the five steps that your brain needs so you can reconnect to your power again because you're going to abandon it. You're going to. We're humans. We have a stress response. We're going to do it. So you've gotta know how to plug back into your power. And we want you to know, too, that no matter what you've been through in the past, you can plug back into your power now. No matter how broken you feel, you can feel whole again by being centered in your power, by plugging back in now. Even if you have a really serious lifetime habit of abandoning your power like I did, you can be empowered anyway you can plug back into your wholeness now I ended up naming that class empowered anyway because Casey and I were or we were working on our podcast and I went on this rant at her about you know what fuck it i have this crazy gi disease i'm just going to love my body anyway and i have all this trauma built up in my system but i'm letting it go and i'm just going to be happy anyway and i was in an abusive marriage and I was just like, I'm going to create a healthy, positive, loving, romantic relationship anyway. And we're in this pandemic, and the patriarchy is crumbling around me, and I'm just going to be empowered anyway. <laughs> I, I just decided that I was going to stop letting all of these other people and things steal my energy. Because, you know, that's how they get your power. I pay attention to them instead of taking care of me. And they don't make me do that. I do it, and it's how I abandon my power. And that's why I like stopped scrolling on Facebook and stopped watching intensely serious or violent movies. Like, I just want to keep things around me that are uplifting, are positive, that are supportive, that help me stay connected to my power. Not in some effed up codependent way, but just in a way of like, no, I'm not going to be giving my power away to these. Outside forces any longer. <laughs> I just went on this huge rant at the loving, wonderful Casey, and she held that space for me. And <laughs> I was just like, "Damn it!" #Hashtag empowered anyway. So that's how we came up with the name for that.
0: I know. Um, yesterday, I woke up and I was I had horrible dreams. I was just in a terrible mood, and I had a lot to do. It was kind of one of those days where it was it was pretty full. And I found my thoughts starting to go down the old narrative of, we're not going to get this done. And this is way too much. And you feel overwhelmed. And I stopped. I recognized those feelings as me being uncentered. And I did the five-step process. And within a couple minutes was right back on track and it was able to go through my day and have that be productive and enjoyable. And so connecting to your power can be fast and it doesn't have to be on these big monumental things. It's actually best to practice on the little smaller things. And the more and more that I do that, the easier that it gets. Absolutely. Right.
1: The the more you practice, the stronger your neural pathways get to these positive centering activities, and then the easier they are to do. It might be like pushing a boulder up a hill when you first start to practice, but it gets easier and easier and easier. Um, And in fact, Casey and I have set aside a whole special day. We're calling it the Empowered Anyway Women's Day. Sorry, dudes, this one is just for the ladies. It's going to be virtual, but we are doing it in a way where we're helping you to set up this really soothing and nurturing environment, just like we would if you, we were inviting you into our sacred space. So you'll set up this sacred space for yourself at home, and then we're going to take you through and really help you embody these five steps so you can learn the science, learn the skills of staying centered in your power, even in a stressful world, we're only charging 97 bucks, and if you sign up before Halloween, we're going to give you a free ticket to the Nonlinear Movement Method classes. Those are those somatic tantric trauma release classes that I teach online twice a month. So we invite you to go get your ticket for that. All you have to do is go to the happywomanacademy.com slash empowered. You can grab your ticket. Grab it now so you get that free ticket to NLMM class. We would love to have you there, help you plug back into your power so you can be empowered anyway too, just like us. (laughs) And you know, going from the personal to the how this plays out in society, our society is a reflection of what's going on inside of us. And the old unhealthy social structures are crumbling right now. And who knows how long (laughs) it's going to take us to rebuild them and put healthy ones in place. But that's another reason why it's so important for all of us to stay connected in our healthy power. People with an unhealthy sense of personal power create unhealthy social structures. We don't want to create more unhealthy power structures. I mean, we all know this, right? Activists, a lot of you probably are activists. You know what an uphill struggle it is to create social change. And I believe that those fucked up systems are just the tip of the iceberg. They are a reflection of what's going on inside all of these individuals with effed up relationships to power within them. You know, hurt people hurt people. Empowered people empower people. We want to help you feel as empowered as possible
0: so you can create positive social change in the world too. I love how you just explained that. And one thing that I hear a lot of people say is, what can I do? I'm just one person. I feel powerless. And what you just described actually is proves the opposite of that. It's when you're willing to work on your own inner stuff, it affects the collective. And that's how actual change occurs. It's not the opposite. It's not the other way around.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there, there's, there's so many reasons why I and other people feel disempowered, feel powerless. But we've got to just double down and do the work of reconnecting to our own power so that we can create fair, just, equitable systems in our society. I believe we can do it. Coming up next is your slowdown skill, right after a word from our sponsor.
0: Hi, slowdown fans, it's me, Mother Nature. If you're feeling tired and disconnected and need some extra help, just hang out with me for a while and I'll show you how to plug back into your own power.
1: Thank you, Mother Nature. And now it's time for your slowdown skill. The first step in any process is always awareness. You've got to be able to tell when you're abandoning your power, so you've got to know what it feels like inside of you when you're connected or disconnected from your power. So go ahead, and we want you to write this down. Write down how do you feel when you are connected to your power? How do you feel? How does your body feel? How do your emotions feel? So you can pause and take a moment to write that down. Now, how do you feel when you are disconnected from your power? How does your body feel? How do you feel in your emotions? Write that down. When you feel any of the physical or emotional sensations of being disconnected from your power, That's when you need to slow the F down. Usually what we do is we start to panic. So our talking speeds up and we push ourselves to go faster, harder, do more. But from now on, any of those disconnected feelings are your -your get-centered-in-your-power alarm. They're telling you to slow down, reconnect with your power, Then you can calmly continue speaking or doing things with your full knowledge of power and wisdom intact.
0: For the complete five steps to center into your power, listen to our Empowered Anyway class right here on SlowTheFDownShow.com or wherever you listen to our show. And now for the Slow Down playlist. Elizabeth, what's your slow down song today?
1: Well, I realized that I could start choosing some of my favorite nonlinear movement method songs from that playlist. And one that I chose is called A Walk. It's by Tycho and it's off the album Dive. We're going to have these links for you on our Slow the F Down Show Facebook page. And this is like, I don't know, this song makes me slow down but it also puts me into a really cool groove so i think it's going to help a lot of people to feel super chill yet stay moving forward at that calm steady pace
0: mm, i like that
1: yeah what's your slowdown song this week casey
0: my song is called things are changing by gone gone beyond
1: mm, what's and- that like
0: Similarly, it's it's a slowdown song, but it also, when you hear it, you kind of want to move.
1: Nice. Nice. I like that we are on the same vibe here.
0: Imagine that.
1: <laughs> so our slowdown fan, Lenny Santamaria, his slowdown song for the week is the 59th Street Bridge song, or what most people call feeling groovy. Now, I know this song is a little boppier, but it is actually fairly slow. And it also puts you into like a positive but chill groove that keeps you moving forward at this calm, happy pace. So I like that our slowdown songs this week had <laughs> all had a very similar vibe. That's pretty cool. Yeah. On our next episode, Slow the F Down with Accidentally Supporting the Patriarchy. Thank you for slowing down with us and enjoy your slowdown.
0: If you love our show, please take one minute right now and leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to our podcast. You have no idea how much this helps us. Thank you so much. And remember, Elizabeth and I offer one-on-one sessions. Go to SlowTheFDownShow.com to schedule your free consultation. Oh, oh,